Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have some what the fuck moments to start out with, but these are funny. What okay. The fuck moments. Okay, cool. So first, when I was walking in my car after work one day, when a man came traipsing out of the bushes... He pointed directly at me and asked, do I look like Tom Cruise? I told him no, and he said, well, then who do I look like? I answered yourself, because it was the only thing I could think of. He nodded, said, damn right, and went back back into the bushes. Oh, my God. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) One time I was stuck in traffic on the freeway. Out of boredom, I looked over to the car next to me and saw a woman straight up eating salsa from a bag, like she was pouring salsa into her mouth. Gross. That's nasty. Yeah. Next one, I was driving down the highway at around midnight when suddenly I saw a dude with a whole real-life adult two-humped camel in the back of his pickup truck. I definitely had to do a double take. (laughs) (laughs) We were at a hotel in Vegas that had another hotel standing across from us. We looked out our window and saw an old man on his balcony wearing nothing but his underwear. He had brought an armchair out and was sitting in it with binoculars and a notepad in hand. It appeared he was using the binoculars to stare into the windows of our hotel and periodically taking notes. Suddenly, his wife came out onto the balcony. He quickly tried to hide the binoculars behind his back. It was beyond weird. I wasn't sure if it was real. What the hell was he doing? I don't know. Weird. (laughs) Probably looking for naked people. Probably. And then his wife saw him. (laughs) He's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Around 2018 or 2019, I was waiting for a bus to arrive. Out of nowhere, I saw this guy riding one of those old-timey bicycles, the ones with the massive front wheel. It was absolutely huge. The guy was at least four or feet above the ground. I just stared at him, slack-jawed, and all he did was give me a cheeky wave. (laughs) I never saw him again. But then again, I'm not totally convinced I ever did see him in the first place. (laughs) That's so weird. One time I was minding my business and eating lunch in the picnic area at the park. All the other tables around me were full and I was eating lunch alone. Literally out of nowhere, I got slapped in the face by a foreign object. It didn't hurt. It was, I was just more stunned at the fact that I could have gotten bombarded. I looked around to see who could have thrown something at me but everyone was just eating and acting normal i was so confused i looked down at what hit me and saw that it was a ziploc bag filled with boneless wings huh (laughs) to this day i have no idea where those wings could have come from (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) that person must have played it off pretty good yeah One day, my husband and I were hiking off Mount Rainier in Washington. We were on a moderately difficult trail that was about six miles long and had a peak elevation of about 7,000 feet. About three miles into the hike, a man casually strolled past us wearing the biggest smile on his face. All he was wearing was pajama pants. He wasn't even wearing any shoes. The trail wasn't in an area where people camped, so I have no idea how he was able to make it up that far in a mountain while wearing so little. It was super bizarre, but at least he seemed to be enjoying himself. Okay. That's weird. 
There was this man that would always hang around my work, and he would wear this Jesus-like robe with nothing but white underwear on. While in our office windows were mirrored to help block out the heat, and whenever the dude walked by, he would get startled by his own reflection. He always thought his reflection was someone else, and every single time he'd get into a fighting stance prepared to punch, to punch his own reflection. I would just be sitting in my office laughing to myself. You know he did that on purpose. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> thought it was funny or something i was riding a computer a commuter train in vancouver and noticed an older guy with a very long white beard he was stroking it with one hand after the other he was stroking it with one hand after the other looking contemplative suddenly he pulled out a long pair of scissors from his coat pocket cut off his beard and threw the hair on the floor he didn't look around at anyone he just went back to playing with his much shorter beard (laughs) that's weird i'd be like can you clean that shit up dude what the fuck is that (laughs) clean up your mess people are weird i was working as a server in nyc and had gotten off work around 11 p.m i was walking through grand central and saw crew filming scenes from a movie from the movie arthur starring russell uh, they cut off the sentence. What's that guy's name? Russell Branding or Brand something? Oh, Brand. Brand? I think it's just Brand. Okay. Uh, he was standing there in the middle of the station between takes with probably around 100 people standing around the perimeter taking pictures. Well, behind that whole scene, an absolute vision of a man sauntered in, and I truly believe it was the only. I was the only one who saw him. The man was at least six and a half feet tall. He was wearing what looked like four-inch platform heels, disco booty shorts, and a pink feather boa and four-foot blonde wig. Nothing else. Everyone was so focused on the movie shoot that no one else saw what I now think is a legend of a man. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Back in the late 90s, my sister and I were on a train in Boston with about four or five other people. At one stop, this woman came in with a little girl who was maybe six or seven. The woman asked my sister and I if we could move over a little bit so her daughter could sit between us. That was a little weird, but whatever. I even offered to give the woman my seat, but she said no. My sister was making small talk with the little girl, and I was reading a magazine. A few stops later, my sister noticed that the mother was gone. The little girl was still sitting between us, and my sister and I were trying not to freak out. We asked where her mom went, and the little girl said that her mom gets off one stop before she does. Lo and behold, at the next stop, the little girl pointed to, the, to this woman and said, There's my grandma, and got off the train. We literally thought her mother had abandoned her. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah, what I would think, too. Wouldn't you think she would tell him what was going on? You would think that's so. That's so weird. That's so weird. Uh, once on my way to work, a stray dog walked past me wearing a football jersey. One for humans, not doggy, a doggy shirt. <laughs> I shrugged it off and kept walking. Then about ten steps later, a policeman sneezed so aggressively hard that his hat flew off. It was a strange sequence of events. That is weird. (laughs) That is weird. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a kid, I was about to get into a car after a trip to my friend's house when I saw a woman walking what appeared to be a large dog. My family and I casually watched as she approached since we were curious as to what type of dog it was. As she got closer, we were shocked to find that her dog was actually a miniature horse on a lead. 
Mind you, this is a very suburban area. Despite frequently visiting our friend's place, we never saw that woman or her pet horse again. (laughs) That's cute. I was driving home after picking up dinner one evening, and I saw a bald man crossing the bridge. It was normal enough, except for the fact that this guy was decked out in a full in full biker leather, and rocking a ZZ Top-like beard, and held a wizard staff that was massive glass eye on the top. He went to into the pizza parlor. That was the last time I saw him. Hmm, that's weird. I was driving through town with my husband and saw a woman riding riding a bike next to our car, naked. Then another naked person on a bike appeared, and a whole bunch more. We were liter- They were literally all naked, with their bare butts on bike seats pedaling away. Gross. I guess there's a group called Naked Bike Riders, and I was lucky enough to see them in action. <laughs> wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't that fall under the... Public indecency? Yeah. You would think... And why? And gross. Yeah. I mean, just... I can guarantee that they didn't look good naked. No. Because usually the people that want to run around naked shouldn't. Right. And with all the bumps and... Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. No. No. Butt sweat. Mm. <laughs> just no. Let's not... That's gross. Let's have clothes on when we ride our bikes, please. <laughs> Uh, a few years ago, a coworker and I were smoking in the parking lot outside of work. We were in the middle of an office park surrounded by mostly law offices and banks. All of a sudden, this 20-something-year-old girl comes up to us and started talking and singing to us. She was dressed like she was going to Coachella or something. She was in a sundress, had a huge bag, and was wearing big sunglasses and had a floppy hat. We asked if she wanted us to call someone for her, but she just laughed and danced away. It was like 11 a.m. in a smallish town that definitely didn't have any festivals going on. It was so weird. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> on the third floor of a Japanese mall, I checked out the pet store. There was a Shetland pony, a tiny owl, two hawks, a giant rabbit, squirrels, and a marmot for sale. I just slowly made my way out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a weird combination of animals. (laughs) A few weeks ago, around 6.30 a.m., I saw this man on a motorcycle driving through downtown Nashville. The dude was wearing full wizard gear. It was like a cosplay-level costume, complete with nearly waist-length beard and a leather helmet that had two horns jutting out of either side. Just your typical Thursday morning. (laughs) One time I was at Home Depot with my dad and brother, and we were just browsing around. We rounded a corner, and there was this man casually walking with a French bulldog and this giant pot-bellied pig. (laughs) We didn't know what to think. That's weird. That is weird. In my last one, I was at a stoplight a few years back. It was red, and the guy in the car in front of us turned his radio up full blast, got out of his car, shut the door, put his legs up on the car, and began twerking. I watched. What else was I supposed to do? Once the light turned green, he got back in his car and drove away like nothing happened. Honestly, good for him. He lost a bet somehow. <laughs> Someone was watching to make sure he had that he did it. That is great. <laughs> All right. This week, I'm doing strange reviews of haunted hotels 
Okay. Um, this is from a book from G. Michael Vassy. Okay. This is Residence Green Lobster in Prague. In searching for other ghost stories during my research for a book on the paranormal in the Czech Republic, I came across a rather remarkable review of a Prague hotel in TripAdvisor. The Residence Green Lobster is a luxury four-star hotel in Prague 1. It got the following five-star review on TripAdvisor.com in 2011. The hotel is actually across the river from the old town in an area known as Mala Strana, down a cobbled street. From the outside, it looks like many Prague buildings with an ornate facade, and inside, it is luxurious with four-poster beds, modern bathrooms, and an excellent kitchen. Despite that, the couple who wrote a review of their stay were entertained by their room's other occupant. They say in the review that they don't actually believe in such things, but... The reviewer describes how, on the first night, he had his face lightly stroked and woke up with a jolt. The second night, his wife had a sentence whispered to her in Czech. She didn't understand and said nothing back. The third night, he heard someone say help, and he and his wife both woke up to see the small cupboard in the room open. On subsequent investigation, they found the cupboard to be locked shut. Which doesn't make any sense. Did it? Uh, maybe they meant it was locked and then it opened by itself? I don't know. Their last night was the most active as they both awoke at 4.30 a.m. to the sound of someone walking around and moving things about in the room directly below them. He got up to check, but all activity then stopped. Half an hour later, they awoke again to the sound of dripping water. He again checked the taps in the room downstairs, but all was fine, and the sink was dry. And they went back to bed and slept without another incident, until the morning came and his wife could not find her phone. They turned the place upside down and found nothing until his wife went to put her shoes on and found it under her shoe. Now, if that were me, I'd be making sure I never stayed there again. However, the reviewer was made of sterner stuff and finished his review saying, all in all, we were not bothered by what went on. If anything, it added a little bit a little more character to the suite that was already amazing in our eyes. We will stay here again as we loved it, and the staff made it a joy to stay at as well. Wow. <laughs> but they don't believe. In yeah, they stuff. don't believe in that stuff. Whatever. You know. <laughs> uh, the next one is Honolulu Hotel. A person on Reddit also had more entertainment at his hotel than bargained for. While he doesn't mention the actual name of the facility, he is actually on night four of an 11-day stay in Honolulu when he found the need to make his post asking for help. Writing his post at 10.01 p.m. and going by the handle Toasty Astronaut, he writes that the lamp in the corner of the room constantly flickers, that he and his family are always searching for things that inexplicably disappear and then reappear in different places, resulting in them arguing a lot more than they should on vacation. He tells us that the previous evening he heard loud and very fast stomping above the room going from the ceiling above the window and ending in front of the hotel door. He states that while taking a shower alone, he heard the front door being forcefully shaken like someone is trying to break it down. It only happened a couple of seconds and he had to stop his shower and check to make sure it wasn't his family that were locked out. Nobody was there. 
As he writes his panicked account, he hears two small thuds against his headboard. Don't really know what to say. I'm a religious person and am easily made anxious. Any explanations? He ends. That was it. Don't you think he would have contacted the front desk and asked to move rooms or something? You would think so. If he was bothered by it. Yeah. Uh, Congress Plaza in Chicago. The Congress Plaza Hotel in Chicago has been a Windy City icon since 1893. Its website says, We also learn that there that it was built in 1893 and featured cobbled streets, gas lights, and horse-drawn carriages. It has a serious pedigree as it was built by the famous hotel developer R.H. Southgate. The first section, or North Tower, was designed by Clinton Warren with Louis Sullivan and Dankmar Adler serving as design consultants. Peacock Alley, a celebrated feature of the new hotel, was an underground marble passageway that connected the new annex with the Auditorium Hotel. The South Tower, constructed between 1902 and 1907, was designed by the renowned architectural firm Holabird and Roche. By 1908, it housed more than a thousand guest rooms. It boasts an array of famous guests, including several U.S. presidents, such as Grover Cleveland, William McKinley, Teddy Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Warren Harding, Calvin Coolidge, and Franklin Roosevelt. It has also played a role in politics, including being the venue in 1912 for former President Teddy Roosevelt's comment to the local media in which he he coined the familiar Bull Moose nickname for his newly created Progressive Party. In 1932, it was the command post for President-elect Franklin Roosevelt and the Democratic Party. With all those rooms and such a history, one might expect a few non-paying guests, and so it seems being amongst the top ten haunted hotels in America. More than a few reviews of the hotel have focused on the strange goings-on that they experienced there. Reviewer John Kay didn't know about the hotel's reputation until after he returned home and Googled it, but he experienced a number of eerie incidents while staying there. His wife and daughter heard a strange sound from under the bed on the first night, on the last night, and they were shocked by a loud knocking sound on the headboard of their bed. He describes a creepy atmosphere in the room in which they had the feeling the whole time they were there that someone would pop out of the walls. Dan DeBron, a journalist who stayed there, did his own investigation of the place after his friend told him that he saw a shadow-like figure standing by his bed when he woke up in the middle of the night. He said that he woke up and saw the figure for a second or two before it dissolved away. He isn't the only one drawn to the hotel by its reputation. Jess B. and her husband also went there just to investigate the hauntings in room 441 in particular. We chose to stay there because we read up on haunted hotels and wanted something haunted and scary for our anniversary. Well, it's definitely old, creepy, outdated, and smells, but we're not really sure if it's really haunted or not. We did stay in room 441, and I swear I felt the bed get kicked twice the first night, but my husband assured me it was in my head since he didn't feel it. Another reviewer booked into the hotel by his employer was more convinced. All I know is it was definitely haunted, he says in his interview. He experienced the curtains moving from side to side as if someone was peeking at him, and his friend heard someone or thing 
whistling in the room when she was in the bathroom. It happened three times, and each time when she investigated, no one was there. A rather longer narrative on staying at this hotel was reported by Dan DeBon on a local radio station website. He starts the account by saying that his friend claimed to see a shadowy figure standing by his bed on awakening in the middle of the night. The figure dissolved away in a matter of seconds, but one can imagine he was shaken by the experience. This piqued his interest in the hotel. He discovered several stories regarding the hotel, he says. One story was about a former captain in the Spanish-American Civil War who apparently shot himself in the hotel. His shadow now haunts the building and scares hotel staff and guests. Maybe this is what my friend saw. There was mention of other notorious ghosts in the building. One named Peg Leg Johnny apparently plays pranks on guests on the fourth floor. There are even ghostly children who apparently haunt the twelfth floor because their mother went crazy and threw them off the roof of the building in the early 1900s. We even found a story about a room so horrible in the hotel, staff wouldn't go near it and had to close it away. Investigating the hotel, they soon discovered a sealed-off room on the 12th floor reputed to have been closed off because it was haunted. He felt as if he were being watched on that floor. He also observed and photographed several other rooms and doors not just closed off but locked with chains and padlocks. In the end, however, other than the uneasy feeling in certain parts of the hotel, he experienced nothing out of the ordinary. Another account of the hotel is given by Anna Copsey, a BuzzFeed staff member, who notes that the serial killer H.H. Holmes was supposed to have met women there in the lobby of the hotel before taking them to their death at his hands. This brave lady also took her Ouija board and stayed on the fourth floor of the hotel. She, too, commented on the atmosphere of the place and also found photographed and commented on various locked and padlocked doors. She and her friend also found the locked and sealed room on the 12th floor. They knocked on that door and ran believing that something had knocked back at them. They tried the Ouija board with no result but had more luck with the ghost detector application on their phone meeting a spirit who identified itself as Mary. They challenged The entity and were shocked when a huge bang emanated from the corner of the room. However, that was pretty much the paranormal highlight of their visit, it would seem. That sounds scary. Another TripAdvisor user posted their take on the hotel on making their first visit to Chicago. They were lured to the hotel by the cheaper cost of the rooms, but were disappointed by it on arrival. I must admit that their description is pretty dire. We walked into the lobby of this hotel and thought how beautiful it looked. We were very excited. However, there were very few people working the desk and check-in took a long time. Finally, after getting our key, we went up to our room. Since the lobby looked fantastic, we thought our room would be too. However, as we unlocked the door to our room, we were very disappointed. The room was very dimly lit with one light bulb in the middle of a very high ceiling. The wallpaper was coming off the walls and the curtains were falling off their rods. The carpet in the room looked filthy and we were afraid to walk around in our bare feet. The bathroom looked like it was updated, but the tiles on the floor were cracked. They had tried to glue the pieces back together, but had an abundance of glue that was hard and dry over their repair work. The closet where we kept our suitcases had paint chips all over the floor. My wife dropped her brush behind a dresser 
when we went to go move the dresser, you can tell it wasn't moved in a while. We found what appeared to be some form of medicine capsules, (laughs) snack bags, and written notes from someone's business trip. They offer no free Wi-Fi, and you had to pay extra for internet. The restaurants in the hotel were were way overpriced, even for a simple breakfast. We opted to eat other places. The review then goes on to say that only after they had stayed there did they discover the reputation of the hotel for ghosts and paranormal activity. Despite that, their stay was punctuated by creepy phenomena. The first night while in the shower, my wife and daughter heard a strange sound from under the bed. I checked, saw nothing, and laughed it off. The last night of our stay, they were in bed, and it was very quiet. All of a sudden, we heard a knocking sound on our headboard of our bed. To this day, I cannot explain what happened. I had the feeling the whole time we were there that someone would pop out of the walls. It was that eerie. The one elevator had a 13th floor, and the other elevator was numbered 22334466. It made no sense. (laughs) After getting home and reading about the hotel there... There were other strange events as well. I'm glad we didn't know about them ahead of time. Another reviewer shares the disdain for the hotel overall rating. The hotel is terrible based on their experiences. She was particularly upset by the smell in the room, texting her boyfriend that the room smelled like death. Little did I know just how right I was. I would have requested a different room, but I was only there for one night, so decided to suck it up and deal with the situation. After a business dinner and working in the lobby with a colleague, I returned to my room around midnight. I got ready for bed, locked the door with the chain lock, filled up a water bottle and placed it next to the lamp and telephone on the nightstand next to me. Sent my last text 108 a.m. and then went to sleep. I immediately had nightmares of ghosts trying to enter reality by trying to possess my mind and using my room's phone and electricity as a portal. I woke up at 2.40 a.m. screaming, only to find that the lamp next to me had been switched on. The lampshade turned almost upside down, and the water bottle completely empty, and cap still on. I have never been so scared in my life. I picked up my iPhone and searched for nearby hotels to transfer to, but not more than 30 seconds passed before my phone, plugged in, switched itself off. So I would have left my room and hotel altogether, but at this point, I was simply too terrified to move. I'm not religious, but the only way I survived the night was by staying awake and praying. I did fall asleep a last time before 5 to 7 a.m., only to have another nightmare. This time it was about just one ghost, a male, luring me over to the window. I have never been so eager to leave a hotel before, but this place is so haunted I strongly discourage anyone from staying there. The next day, I told my boss about my experience, since she was staying in the hotel as well, but in a different wing. She told me that she had almost the exact same nightmare about the window. We looked up the hotel to then read about all the deaths that have happened there. So freaky. I would have written this review sooner, but honestly, I don't want to think about it too much since it still gives me the chills. Just to give you a more complete picture, here is a more general review. The first room we got was absolutely awful. The hallway looked like something out of a horror movie. The room just made me feel gross. The second room was better, but it had a bathroom smaller than most closets. The haunted hotel was an absolute labyrinth, and even following the signs wouldn't help us find an ice machine. 
Everything is outdated, broken doorknobs, rooms without smoke detectors, janky walls, carpets older than me, room fans slash heaters older than my mom. (laughs) Hopefully people really read these reviews because I sincerely regret just looking at the rating. Uh, Shanley Hotel in New York. The Shanley Hotel is one that relies on its reputation for being haunted, even offering its guests equipment to hunt for ghosts at check-in. It is an older wooden hotel that has 35 rooms and is for, is a former bordello. This book is written like some of the stories that we find online. Oh, really? Very badly. <laughs> you would think it would be better since it's a you published would, book. Yeah, you would think. It has been the subject of paranormal investigations, and because of the frequency of paranormal experiences guests have at the hotel, and no one under the age of 16 is allowed to stay there. You must also sign a waiver before you spend the night. It certainly looks creepy, and according to various reviews, it does not disappoint. Had a wonderful experience at the haunted Shanley Hotel, under new management, last night. Lots of activity from intelligent EVPs to numerous dark shadow figures bumps and thumps to unexplained loud glass explosion noises, we were definitely not disappointed. The Rose Room was very comfortable, the rooms smelled nice and clean, and the staff was warm and welcoming and obviously loved the hotel. The history and the resident spirits. Can't wait for our next visit. If you want to experience some great paranormal activity, visit the Shanley. You won't be disappointed. And the appreciation for this haunted wonder goes on and on in its reviews. We have gone to the Shanley twice and had incredible experiences both times. I can tell you this whether you believe in spirits or not, you will leave here believing in them. I was standing alone and had something pull my hair so hard and jerk my neck back that I ran screaming into the street. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anyone near me and I am 100% sure of that. It frightened me and I loved it at the same time. We were trying to sleep at night and our sheets were pulled off of us and thrown to the ground. Doors will slam, objects will move, and chairs will rock. I was also lucky enough to take a picture in the dark and catch a spirit in it. I will put the picture up when I am done writing my review. This was the best and most real experience of my life. It took any doubt I had in my mind away. I always knew spirits existed and this verified it all for me. I believe the Shanley is some sort of portal that spirits cross through. The hotel apparently has a new owner who has invested in the place. A previous owner did solicit some very bad reviews, however, like this one, for example. After a bunch of family and staff issues happened in front of all the guests, I won't spread their business around, but it ended with cops, ambulances, seven people leaving, and the house was a dead cell. Wow, high drama indeed. Overall, this bed and breakfast gets good reviews, and almost all claim to have experienced paranormal activity there. The new owners also get thumbs up, so maybe it is worth a visit, and this is a perfect recommendation for the hotel. I'm pretty sure that anyone who doesn't believe in ghosts hasn't yet stayed at the Shanley Hotel. It's been twice now, and while the second time was nice and quiet, my first visit was full of activity, spirits speaking through devices, EMF readings spiking, temperature changes, flashing lights, turning on and off, etc., Let's try Goodwood Park Hotel in Singapore. Okay. The Goodwood 
Hotel is a five-star hotel housed in a uniquely designed building that goes back to 1900 and served as a club for German expats. The building was later turned into a restaurant and then a hotel. There doesn't appear to be much in its background or history that could possibly explain the bizarre experience this reviewer had there. Nice hotel. The staff was exceptional. Really nice. The hotel itself is very clean and the room was okay. Little old, but large and generally fine. I stayed for 11 nights. Breakfast was great. Big selection. The restaurants in the hotel are excellent. Little expensive. However, I had the most curious experience I have ever had in a hotel. Woke up one night and found the light on in the bathroom. I complained at reception and they said they would fix it. Two nights later, the light was on again and off during the night. I complained at reception. They said my room was not haunted. (laughs) I never said it was. And they said they had got a priest from England to exercise the hotel. Oh, my. That the light going on and off was because of the old wiring. They said they would have a look at the lighting again. And that night, no haunting. (laughs) Then the noises started a night later before the room went crazy and the lights had a life of their own. Then Then lights started to move in the room. I would leave something in the safe and later it was moved. Position from a locked safe. One night I woke up and was going to the bathroom. Just as I was about to enter, the light turned itself on. There are no motion sensors in the room. Too many coincidences and I'm a very rational person, but this place has something to it. I took a video of the last night's haunting as people didn't believe me. I wasn't going to post this on TripAdvisor, but this is all 100% accurate. The hotel knows I am not making anything up. I reported this four times during my stay. What conclusion can I reach other than the room was haunted? Unless they had cameras in the room. Could the Goodwood Park Hotel be haunted? If I am the only person who has experienced this, then apologies to the hotel for this review. But I put this out there so that if anyone else has the same experience, at least there is a record. I have never had such an experience in any other hotel. That said, I do think the hotel has character. Let's face it, people pay top dollar for haunted hotels. The service in the hotel was second to none and the location was great. Right on Orchard Road, I would go back, but maybe not to that room. (laughs) This happens to be one of my favorite haunting reviews. It is so matter-of-fact and indignant that it is quite funny. I checked this hotel out after reading this and found plenty of evidence to suggest that the reviewer was not unique in his experiences there. One account is by a blogger named Chris Johnson who described the place in detail and said there were untold ghosts in the shadows and eaves. I have never felt such a frightening place. Without ever supplying the needed details, it is also listed on Yelp as one of the top 10 haunted hotels in Singapore, but I could find no further accounts of interest. That was my last one. Okay, so I just have some creepy experiences. First one, my parents bought a house in the middle of nowhere. The original owner of the house died by suicide in the garage. The next man who owned the house rented the house to a friend. The friend died while living in the house. The man sold then sold the, par- the house to my parents. He died two weeks after my parents closed on the house. Before moving in, my dad befriended a couple in town, and after hearing about the house, the wife insisted on coming by and smudging the place. 
My dad didn't believe any of the nonsense about the house being haunted or having bad juju, but he let her sage anyway. That didn't do any good, though, because my dad died very unexpectedly a few months later in a freak accident at the house. My mom sold the house to a young couple who I'm hoping doesn't have horrible luck with the place. If I had extra money laying around, I would buy, I would have bought the damn thing from my mom just so I could light it on fire. Dang. That's bad luck. Yeah. When I was 17, a foster kid living in Oakland, the family I stayed with had this old, typical San Francisco-style two-story house with wood floors. One night, I went to the bathroom that was right in front of the stairs on the first floor. As I was about to walk up back upstairs, I saw the bottom of a lady's long white gown at the top of the stairs. I thought it was my foster mom or sister and asked if they wanted me to leave the light on in the bathroom for them. No response. The gown just turned and went down the hallway. I thought it must have been my foster sister sleepwalking because she was still little, like 10 or 11, and did that sometimes. I went upstairs and peeked in my parents' room. They were both snoring. I went back to our room where my sister was dead asleep in her bed wearing a Raiders t-shirt. I was freaked out, so I quickly closed our door to the hallway and suddenly realized that there was no sound of footsteps walking on the wood floor. I hopped in bed and hid under my blanket for the rest of the night. (laughs) Next one, my dad was good friends with the Green River Killer. They ate lunch together every day for 10 years while he, unbeknownst to my dad, had dead women in the back of his pickup in the Kenworth parking lot. Nobody at his church knew either. He could be one of the most prolific serial killers in American history if he actually killed as many women as he claims. That's creepy. Could you imagine doing, doing that? Like having lunch with someone at work and then finding out. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Next one. As a kid, I grew up on a street that was newly developed. There was a vacant lot across the road that led down a hill to a river. I had a reoccurring nightmare that me and my brothers were in the parking, were in a lot picking up rubbish. I'd get to the river bank, look in the water, and see a red demon, a traditional devil-looking character. It would drag me into the water to drown. I'd wake up terrified. This happened a lot when I was a kid, but as I got older, the dream stopped, and I didn't really mention it to anyone. Fast forward many years later, and my five-year-old daughter wakes up crying from a bad dream. I comfort her and ask her if she wants to tell me what the dream was about. She tells me she was in a field picking flowers and got too close to a river, and a red devil dragged me in. I didn't know what to say. It sounded just like my dream from when I was a kid. She has had the same dream a few times since as well. That's super weird. That is I wonder weird. what that's all about. I don't know. Because I'm sure her mom never told her about... No, why, why would she? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, next one, I've been a nurse for over 20 years. I've had plenty of weird, creepy experiences, but this one still chills me. I had two older patients that I was taking care of, one in room 304 and one in room 305. If there wasn't a wall between their rooms, their headboards would have butted up against each other. The gentleman in 305 was completely nonverbal. He didn't talk. He didn't respond to any stimuli. His pupils were fixed and staring. He was physically still alive, but mentally not there at all. My patient in 304 was basically there to die, but she was completely alert and oriented. Suddenly, in the middle of the night, she took a turn for the worst. She was struggling to breathe and panicking. 
begging for help, but adamant that we didn't do anything to save her from dying. I turned up her oxygen, called the doctor to get orders, then started doing what the doctor ordered to try and get her comfortable again. While I was administering meds, my nurse tech came to the bedside next to me, and in an incredulous voice she said, you have got to go to room 305. I had another nurse stay with my patient in 304 and headed to 305. I heard him before I walked in. He was singing in a loud, shaky, but beautiful tenor, singing about meeting God at the pearly gates and going home. I slowly walked into the room and said his name. No response. He kept singing. I grabbed his leg. No response. Still singing. I gently shook his arm, but he still did not respond to me at all. He was just laying in bed, staring out at nothing, and singing hymns about going home to heaven. I stood and listened for a few seconds, but eventually went back to the dying patient. After about 25 or 30 minutes, she took her last breath. I set about doing all the things I needed to do after a death. I remembered my patient in 305 and went to his doorway, and all I heard was silence. I peeked my head in and looked at him. He was laying there, as usual, staring out at nothing, completely silent. Once my patient had passed, he stopped singing, and I never heard him make another sound for the rest of the time I cared for him. I found the, the whole situation kind of beautiful, but it still freaks me out. That's creepy. That is creepy. Ugh. Next one. I was coming home from work one night in college, and I remembered it was Valentine's Day. I was tired after work, so I got home and went right to sleep. I woke up in the middle of the night to my roommate knocking on my bedroom door, telling me that someone was trying to open our back door. I woke up and let her into my room, and we peeked outside together from my bedroom window, where we could see police lined up with their lights on in the front of the house. We called 911 to see if the dispatcher would tell us what was going on. She let me know that a man had attacked a woman with a machete. He was running from the cops through backyards, and he was probably in ours now. We then saw a bunch of cops with their guns drawn and a canine officer walk down our driveway, kick down our fence, and release the dog, catching this man and arresting him in our backyard. The creepiest part happened the next morning. We went to look at the damage to the fence and saw a bloody handprint on our white back door. I'll never forget that. Hmm. He was trying to get in. Mm-hmm. Next one. This took place during the time of the war in Vietnam. Our house didn't have air conditioning, so we kept our windows open. One night, I heard a dog bark and then what sounded like a bottle hitting the ground. After that, she stopped barking. I went to get ready for bed and felt like someone was trying to look at me through the blinds that I had closed. I went to bed anyways and drifted off to sleep. Suddenly, I was being overtaken by mosquitoes. I yelled out to my father, confused as to why there were so many mosquitoes in my room. I sat up in bed and turned on the light to find that the window ha at the foot of my bed had been opened as wide as it could. The blinds were pulled completely up and the screen had been removed. That had been done several to several windows in the house. Soon after, my dad fenced in the backyard and installed central air conditioning. Next one, my mom used to call my grandma every single night. However, during a family camping trip when I was 15, she was unable to call her because cell phone reception was horrible. So my dad promised we could go to the nearest town for breakfast in the morning so that she could get service and call my grandma. But when we got to town, my mom had over a dozen missed calls and voicemails. Most of them were from my cousin who lived cross country. She would always talk about having visions and my parents and I thought she was full of it. 
My mom listened to the messages and my cousin was crying and saying someone was hurting my grandma at that exact moment. She kept asking for my mom to call or go to her because she was being stabbed. My cousin described fire and being suspended in the air. The remaining voicemails were from other family members trying to tell my mom that my grandma had been murdered. Oh my gosh. Someone had broke in, stabbed her, tied her up, and then lit the house on fire. It was bad enough that my mom blamed herself because it happened during her usual phone call time, but the intense mix of visions and voicemail is why we don't really talk about grandma's death. That's That is awful. That is awful. Next one, I used to waitress at a restaurant in a small town. I had regulars that were average people, not big tippers and sometimes a pain, but for the most part, they were nice. Well, one day, one of them popped up on the news because they had been arrested in connection with his fiance's murder. Uh, they hadn't even found her body, and he'd already been convicted of first-degree murder. I fed a murderer on a weekly basis and never knew anything was awry. That's got to be creepy. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, just like that first one, it's, mm. you talk to this person, you know, yeah. more than once and find out they're serial killer or yeah it's crazy i would wonder why not like why not me yeah like why did you just have lunch with me why you know like i you know you couldn't understand anyway but it's just it would definitely go through your mind it would yeah next one i used to have precognitive dreams all the time they were little moments that would end up happening like i experienced them in the dream one time i had um I had the most vivid dream about a car accident. So vivid, I thought I must have seen it on TV while I was falling asleep, but I realized that wasn't possible because I had gone from seeing the accident from the outside of the truck to suddenly being inside, viewing from what would have been the back seat of the car if it had one. I saw a truck flip over and both passengers hit their heads on the windshield, killing them. It really bothered me because it seemed more real than other dreams. I couldn't shake it. I talked about it to a few people and carried on wondering what prompted it in the first place. Several weeks later, I arrive at the scene of an accident. Same little white truck flipped over in the exact same spot as my dream, half in the left lane of the highway and half on the grassy median. Every detail was the exact same and it horrified me. That would be scary. That would be super scary. Next one, when my great uncle was still alive, I saw him once a year and did not have a really warm relationship with him. Ten-year-old me thought of him as being old, a bit peculiar, but kind. The day he passed away, my parents went to his house to clean up before they sold the place. I inherited his piano. I always wanted to have a piano in my bedroom, so I was filled with joy when I got it. One day I was alone in my room practicing when suddenly the piano took over. I had mastered only the intro and chorus of the song, but the piano went on to the parts I didn't know. You, you couldn't see the keys being pressed, but you could hear it. I called my sister and a friend in, and they turned pale. After a while, it stopped playing by itself like nothing had ever happened. It was weird. Hmm. And my last one. I was on a plane flying from New York City to L.A. in February of 2020. I'd fallen asleep and had the wildest dream. I was on the exact same plane with the same people, but this time the Grim Reaper, in black cloaks with a scythe and all creepiness, was slowly walking down the aisle. 
It stopped at me and asked in the most terrifying otherworldly voice, do you want to die? To which I responded, no. So it kept on moving down the aisle. I woke up when the plane landed, chalking my dream up to a weekend of partying with my friends in New York with little to no sleep. But as soon as we got to the gate, we were told to stay in our seats with no further instruction. A few minutes later, they informed us that someone on the plane had been feeling sick and had traveled from China to New York City and now New York City to L.A. And as a precaution, with this new virus happening around the world, the CDC was coming on board, etc. We were finally released, and when I got off the plane, I saw a young girl and her mother both looking not well, basically in plastic bubbles, surrounded by members of the CDC and airport staff. It was scary. That would be scary. That dream is scary with it. And like, yeah, that's just the crazy. whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And then we all know what happened in March of 2020. Oh, so, yeah. Along with that. Yep. All right. It is time for the witty wrap up. Yay, witty wrap up. All right. I did funny tweets. Okay. Toddlers be like, excuse me, madam. That's my emotional support Walmart receipt. Hey, I can't say anything. I'm like that. (laughs) (laughs) My wife was trying to tell me a quick story, and after the upteenth time our kids interrupting her, she said, never mind, maybe we can talk again when they're grown up. (laughs) And that about sums up being married with kids. Yeah. My baby made me an imaginary pizza. I started eating it, saying, mmm, it's so good. She said, you didn't take it out of the box. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's hilarious, though. It's like, don't you know how to pretend? Duh. It's in a box. (laughs) Like a month ago, I referred to one of the two-year-old's books as the one where Elsa and Anna meet a baby moose, and she died laughing and was like, no, it's a baby reindeer. And now literally every day she goes, remember you made a mistake and said baby moose? Like, can I live? (laughs) Oh, you just wait till they're teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't even started yet. (laughs) That's just a little taste. When you walk out of your room in your new shoes and your teenage daughter goes, what are those? (laughs) And you're like, holy shit, what is happening? (laughs) And then you realize you have old lady shoes on, apparently. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. I bet that made you feel good. That's so good. So good. (laughs) I don't care. I wear Crocs now. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Well, you don't have a 15-year-old girl in your house (laughs) judging you. I don't give a fuck then either. be like you just keep on i'm gonna wear them every time we're out together yeah my nine-year-old on shark tank it's a shirt but look it's also a napkin (laughs) brilliant (laughs) that's every kid's great idea yeah I told my 12-year-old she wasn't allowed to make pancakes without supervision, so I come back and she's making crepes. Oh. (laughs) Turd. It's like, okay then, I won't make pancakes. (laughs) Damn, kids. (laughs) You need to be very specific. Yeah. 
This morning, my three-year-old was mad and told me he wanted a different mama. And I said, what kind of mama do you want? And he said, one who wears a black suit. (laughs) I think about the ways I'm failing as a parent a lot, but I hadn't even considered that it's because I don't have a black suit. (laughs) That's weird. Showed my seven-year-old an Etch-A-Sketch and said, this is what daddy played with growing up. And this little angel asked me if it was a caveman iPad, <laughs> and I am still in shambles. <laughs> caveman iPad. It is. That's like literally what it is. <laughs> Have you seen those TikToks of the kid? He, he, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell ages now, but he looks like he's maybe 16, 17, 18, around there somewhere. And he gets these games that we used to play when we were kids. Uh And he's like, okay, so the first one was Operation. Yeah. And he's like, what is this? This looks so stupid. He's like, obviously, you put these in the holes and then you got this little thing and you take them out. What's the big deal? Oh, yeah. So you get electric shock. He starts playing it. And the first time he gets shocked, he's like, oh, my God. What the heck is going on? And he's like sitting there trying to, he's like, oh, so you can't touch the sides. Okay. And he keeps getting shocked and jumping and he's like, oh my God. And then the other one he did was Perfection. Uh huh. Do you remember that no, one? No, not really. That's the one where you push down the oh, thing and you, and you had to match t- before the... Before they pop up? Yes. Okay, yeah. And he's like, oh, <laughs> this is so easy. All you do is you put the shapes in the thing. I don't understand what the big deal is. And he starts it and he's putting them in there and then it pops up and he screams and it's fucking I hilarious. It is hilarious. <laughs> That's great. I love it. He's like, how did you guys exist with these games? We were always on edge. He's like, I'm so... What did he say? This is... I. Something about anxiety or yeah. it makes you so anxious. And you, I'm, he's like, I'm, I'm just <laughs> tightened up and I can't... <laughs> yes. Welcome to the 80s. Yes. <laughs> I forgot all about those games. That's hilarious. That shit. Oh, I know. And it was. It was like... Yeah, it's, it's it had anxiety. You, oh, definitely. It's <laughs> great. When my parents and my kids FaceTime, my kids won't answer my parents' questions, so I repeat their questions to my kids. Then my parents can't understand what my kids say, so I repeat their answers to my parents. <laughs> A great time is had by all. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> my friend and I discussing what seafood was we like. Me. I like lobster or crab. My three-year-old, trying to be part of the conversation, but has never had shellfish in his life. I don't like starfish. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> Nobody does, honey. Yeah, no. <laughs> Turns out I'm raising a real New Yorker. My three-and-a-half-year-old daughter just looked up while eating a plain white slice of American cheese and said... I'm glad we live in Brooklyn, Daddy. No other city has cheese like this. (laughs) That's cute. On the ride home from school, my six-year-old and I were chatting about his day when he said, Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to make a really cool paper airplane right now, so if you could not talk, that would be nice. (laughs) Which is my new favorite way to end conversations. (laughs) 
I'm going to make a paper airplane right now, so... So shut the fuck up. Stop talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely going to use that. (laughs) Saw an Amazon truck drop a kid off at school this morning. Didn't know that was an option. (laughs) Hey, this is getting kind of convenient. I like it. (laughs) Three-year-old, why do we have a room just for the toilet and the bath? me so people can have privacy when they're going to the bathroom or taking a shower three-year-old why would someone want that i think i'm beginning to understand the root of much of our disconnect (laughs) that is funny though because you think about it they're used to people being in there when they're that young you know someone's in there to you know yeah they need help yeah that's funny not realizing we don't usually want people in there (laughs) when we're doing that stuff that's funny What normal people ask a pregnant person, are you excited? What are you having? What I ask a pregnant person, have you had the butthole spasms yet? I don't remember that. I don't. I I don't don't think I had that. I don't think I did either. I think I would know if I did. Yeah. (laughs) Must have missed that part in the parenting book that said you'd be digging through last night's trash for your son's retainer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) they usually tell you what's going on before the kid comes after you're on your own yeah and yes you'll be digging in trash yeah yeah exactly (laughs) daughter got her first phone here's a list of the things she's called me about saw a cool bug made up a new song can we have ribs for dinner how do you spell suspicious (laughs) (laughs) all dads Let's buy these $5 pumpkins at Walmart and save money and everyone's happy. All wives. No, I'd rather buy two pumpkins for $376 at the pumpkin patch and yell at the kids for two hours trying to take cute pictures and then everyone goes home mad and crying. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Eight-year-old. Mommy. Me. Yes. Eight-year-old. Make eye contact, please, so I know you're listening. Oh. Oh, my. High maintenance. Yes. <laughs> Friday the 13th has got nothing on parents who are dealing with third grade math homework. Mm. Have kids, have the kids put away the groceries so you can play hide and seek with your own food for a week. <laughs> I do that. And my last one. I'm glad my parents didn't have a social media platform to tell everyone what a little shit I was. <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> We dodged a bullet. <laughs> and that's all I got. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.